Diablo Bang. Sorry, I should have been go before because that was a good transition. <laughs> we should have been talking about preacher because so as as before we as leading up into this we were talking about the show preacher and we should know that anybody that has the balls that has the veracity tenacity to be listening to a night court podcast most has likely yeah. is a fan of preacher. So unfortunately, I will say, yeah, um, pause our podcast. (laughs) Oh, go watch Preacher, then come back or just watch Pig. Oh, yeah. Or just watch episode seven of season two, Pig, Preacher. But first now or first or after listen to season two, episode five of Night Court. Which is is called The Computer Kid. Oh, thank you. You have the title of it. I have the description, but I I, I had not. And what an apt title it is, The Computer Kid. It is. There are computers and kids and and just all sorts of crazy nonsense. Yeah. That kid doesn't exist. I don't know if you went down the, the hole of trying to discover who... Uh, I don't know if I'm getting in too early. Who plays the computer kid? And I guess we'll get to it. A yeah. ghost. He's a ghost. Really? Yes. It was CG. I didn't, I didn't try. I had to try because of all of the... I was like, who is this kid? Fucking Ronald Reagan? The hooting and hollering <laughs> he got with every response. Oh, and just like when he showed up on screen, like he got so many like... Ooh! I was like... Who is this? Like, this is like... I, I don't know if this is the... I'm sure there's been a laugh track in Night Court up to this point. This is the first time I I consciously noticed while watching the episode where I made a note like, that was kind of a hard sell on that gag. I had with, the same with the laugh track. notes. So something must have happened this episode because... Uh, and we'll get to it, but I, I, I marked uh, a numerous... I have numerous stars here. I was like... Jesus Christ, that really got him good on that. So, yeah. so maybe maybe that was it. They decided to spice it up. What Shall do you we... mean he's a ghost? I've got him up on IMDb right now. Try and go any deeper than that. He was in Meatballs Part Two. Ew. Yes. Remain buried. Cool. Look, look at the last. Look at the last um, uh, project he worked on. What year that was? Uh... Is it a treasure map to his bones? <laughs> it might be. Buried under those meat, two meatballs. Oh, speaking of ghosts. 1985, Silver Spoons. Right. He, oh, he was in Silver Spoons. Oh, uh, okay. just one episode. Gotcha. Oh, he's not Ricky Schroeder? He's not Ricky Schroeder. All right, let's get into him, because then we'll, I mean, we've already started. So, we're, 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 let's rise. Please rise. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. sorry. Please rise. Please rise. Welcome to Night Court. We're going to talk about dead child actors. <laughs> now that we're risen. With us, as always, and now we got a full deck tonight of Jokers, Jacks, and Queens, uh, H.K. Frywald. Hey, hey. A.L. A. Van Gehring. L. And the real computer kid, Case Van Heel. Get off that 64-bit. 64 64 <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing Ocarina of Time. That's just a Super Nintendo. 
<laughs> or what was 60? No, Nintendo 64. See, I'm such an idiot. It was 64, yeah, yeah. Here, guys, give me give me one second. I got to grab the dog. This is driving me crazy. Handsome hides? Yeah. I want to find this guy. What did he do? Like, he probably owns a Fortune 500 company. He invented the podcast software that we're currently using right now, most likely. All right. Season two, ep five, <laughs> yeah. the computer kid. Can't beat that transition, ghost. baby. It's going to be like, uh, the, the, the barking was intentional, right, Dirt? <laughs> Get your shit together. God, what a, what a mess, season five. But I'll, I'll tell you, it fits, it fits the way this episode makes me feel. Just yeah. setting you up here. Yeah, that w- it was a meta intro to the episode because that's how we felt the whole time. Just a whirling dervish of uh... the punk rock episode was Harry's horny fever dream. This to me just felt like I was sick. I this <laughs> like was... I just had partial memories, and I was like, "Did what? What's happening?" I kept like audibly going like. What the fuck? Oh, like yeah. throughout the whole like the whole episode and usually I don't really comment as the episode is happening like I'll laugh at a yeah. funny joke yeah. but I don't ever respond to something. No, there was a weird mix of of actual laughter and then the both of us just going groaning or going what the what? There were a lot yeah. of jokes, a lot of jokes and we'll touch on all of them that left me going joke oh my gosh there was i was so confused i was so confused about so many things unlike maybe i didn't get it right or maybe it's a reference that i don't understand or maybe just simply this was just not i'm i'm going in I'm, i'm seeing a pattern now we're seeing patterns develop this is clearly and we both we all watched the episode this is a dumb bull episode yeah, there yeah, are moments in this that. episode where Smart Bull could I, have helped or made what? a joke, and he didn't. He wasn't there. You know what? To tell you the truth, I don't think anybody was smart in this episode because Dan wasn't either. There was one person that was smart, and that, that bum. was the guy Jeremy from, from the Feds who was trying to hack the kid's sixty-four bit computer. Oh, God, who <laughs> had the most groaniest. What groan I ever heard from Ashley. She just went, oh, come the fuck on. <laughs> what What about that bum that knew all about uh, orange juice futures? Daryl. Yeah. Daryl. What? How? We're, we got to start at the beginning. I was. Huh, li- and he is at the beginning because he's one of my first notes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into it. I'm sorry. I, I, I put us I put us off the wrong track talking about this dead child actor. We'll get to we'll get to his bones soon enough. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we start, I don't have a description for the episode, but this I got one it. doesn't deserve. I got you it. You got it? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, actually I got a, I got a couple and behind the scenesy stuff. Uh, the episode, so it's uh season two, episode five. It aired November 1st, 1984. Uh, its director is a guy named Jim Drake, which if he had his input, input, it might tell us why it's a dumb bull episode because his biggest claim to fame is directing police Academy four. Um, Oof. He also, uh, he also has this big credit, and this is his relationship to Reinhold Wiege, and Wiege has a writer's credit on this one as well as creator's credit with another guy named Bob Stevens, who we've seen write with Wiege before. And uh, just a quick note on Bob Stevens: he's just that, uh, he's that sitcom go-to guy. I'm talking Wonder Years, Dear John, Yes, Dear Malcolm in the Middle. He's touched them all. Okay. So it comes back to Jim Drake, and Jim Drake 
directed this show called Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Have you ever heard of it? No. Never. It's a show that aired in the mid-70s for only two seasons. It was a Reinhold Wiege slash Norman Lear production. But oh, this shit. is, yeah, this is what I found amazing. There's a lot of names you'll know in it. But what I found amazing with the show is I was like, holy shit, a majority of these principal players were in 325 episodes. But it only aired for two seasons, so I went a little deeper. Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman is a Norman Lear serialized primetime television show that aired daily in season. What? Yeah. You ever heard of anything like that? Yeah. So the 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 biggest through Friday? Yes. Holy fuck. For three hundred and twenty five episodes. Literally the only time I've heard of that is the news. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy, right? Not even like Johnny Carson would do five days a week. Like he took breaks. That's madness. This is worth some more investigating. There's a lot of names involved. The biggest one I pulled out quick was uh, Martin Mull was in almost all 325 episodes and he played a psychopathic wife beater. So it was like, I guess, like a dramedy. Yeah, a serial wife beater? Like, what? I was thought, was it a variety show? He, okay, so yeah, I wish I had, this is like a tangent with, uh, the, which is a little hollow, I'm sorry, but I, th- I guess I brought it up because I feel like we might investigate more. But uh, yeah, Martin Mull plays a psychopathic wife beater in almost all 325 episodes. I don't know what that leaves us. I couldn't get um, Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. I couldn't get whether it was like, Total straight, because you know Norman Lear, it's like comedy, yeah. reality, like kind of the first like right. All in real, the family. yeah, uh, Jefferson's like a real take on like grunge, like scum, like filthy living. So it's right. like a lighter look at real stuff, but it's like at, at the end of the day, but to be a serial wife beater for 300, like have him in your home five days a week for two years. Yeah. Charming, charming devil, that guy. Yeah, so maybe we'll have to toilet tape uh, or just watch and comment on a uh, on a Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. I guess that gives us a little taste of where we're coming in to the computer kid, which our description is a school-aged computer whiz hacks into the school district's database, a la, mm-hmm. what, let's say war games, and takes their permanent records hostage. That's the That's description. That's a very apt description. It is. For the... The madness we're about to And yet it doesn't begin to cover any of it. Nothing. Yeah, it doesn't even (laughs) scratch the surface. Doesn't even talk about avocado bumpers. (laughs) Nope. Oh, Uh, my gosh. But yet again, we're back to, uh, I guess we'll get to it. So let's start us off. And where do we start off? Where we love to start off? Cafeteria. Not only that, in a very fake mouthy conversation at the newsstand in the cafeteria. Which was not Bernie this episode. No, it was not. Oh, Bernie. Uh, I had to turn that up. So it started off and Harry like is clearly ending a conversation and he hits the countertop of the newsstand. So I literally rewound it for the first 10 seconds numerous times to see what he said. And he says nothing. I, it was just watermelon. Wa- watermelon. I was going to ask what he yeah. said. Yeah, watermelon, watermelon. And then he walks on over. And what do we see? We see your boy. Dan's in tableau mode. Depressed Dan. Poor Dan. 
Sad Dan. Sad Dan. Now, why is he depressed? Dan is Dan is looking off longingly into the distance, and and we don't know why. We have no idea why. Um, and I think I think it's Bull. Yep. Was it Bull's line? Yeah. See, and I don't think this was stupid Bull. I think it no. was a little silly, but but he was like, "Hey, Dan." And he puts a newspaper in front of him. He says, 40 people were trampled at the mostly Mo- mostly Mozart Fest. Wow, I can't say that. Say it ten times fast. Mo- mostly Mozart. <laughs> what is what is mostly Mozart? I'm sure it's like a picnic with the pops type of thing. Oh, okay. Like just some... And yeah. I'm, yeah, like some weird artsy... Because Dan is an is an arts guy, so he would like Moat's art. But he probably hates art people. Yeah. Because he's not an art person. He may appreciate art. Yeah. It seems like it's Mozart for dummies. That's yeah. exactly what I like. A kid's bop Mozart or something. Yeah. I wonder what um, they got trampled. It's acted out. So he's hanging out. Like, he's still sad, unfazed by the news of this kid's bop Mozart <laughs> Yeah, yeah, death so, of 40 so people. Bull yeah. tries and Bull basically is like, usually, you know, he'd, he'd get a rise out of that or whatever. Um, and then Dan breaks and explains what the problem is. Yeah. And someone's going to have to take the reins on this because I still don't understand what was happening. Nor should we because we've discussed <laughs> it in past episodes. Uh Few, al- avocado futures. <laughs> That's it. In a sh- in a he's making <laughs> an he's making an explanation for Wall Street to Midwesterners who for simps, <laughs> just, who they think are simps. So they're like, yeah. they don't they they couldn't possibly understand a, a bull and bear market in New York, but they sure as hell know what an avocado is. So he gives a description of a, a poor old woman whose husband dies and they need to give up their farm. And they're like, oh, Dan, I'm so sorry. A relative? He's like, no, it's a tax shelter. And my phones don't work. So I'm missing that. So he needs to somehow get his hands on this avocado crop so he right. can he can cash Sink. in on, as you said, <laughs> avocado futures. So maybe maybe I'm a Midwestern simp. But, we all are. But my thought of this is like, I'm still back to the relative thing. Like, how do you know that this happened? Right. And and also his phone's being down. I thought he meant in the city of New York. That's yes. What, I, I was just yeah, like, I don't get that either. I also either. was just like, for the rest of the episode, he's constantly on a payphone or someone else is on a payphone for him, which we will get into. But I was like, I don't understand if you were at work, what phone would you be around other than the payphone? And we haven't seen Dan on like a cell phone yet, have we? No. No. So it's the phone at his apartment. It's a pretty weak premise that they just really want this hobo. They wanted this hobo connection to happen. Exactly. I was so genuinely confused. And like, I, like exactly like you, I'm just like, well, from my movie reference knowledge, like he just wants avocado shares. Like, yeah. but I was just like, I don't know how this came about. I don't know what the thing is. And then no. later... <laughs> And we'll get you to should it. Invest in cell phone shares, but literally, yeah. and telephone then, shares. And then, yeah, invest in Apple, not apples. Apple. You said apples. Or pine- it, pineapple itself. shoe stand, shoe shine stand. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> no, but I honestly, the other thing that I have to bring back is that 
two people in this try to outsmart Dan or like, you know, out condescend to him and basically like, why is it so important to get these avocado shares if they've had a bump? Yeah. And like a bad bump. they peaked already. It's passed. This and, is when right. Like people buy are them. telling him like and there's no explanation as to why like maybe okay so maybe he's like what goes up must come down so this yeah. is a really good price for avocado that makes perfect sense like I understand how the stock market works. I just I, but I'm so confused. I'm I was so confused. No, it's it's so it's confused. confusing. And we the ha- whole part, yeah, is just a straight up quagmire because none of us. I'm glad that we we're now sort of all revealing we're on the same page because he has that explanation and he doesn't explain how it's a tax shelter. He just says the word tax shelter. Oh yeah, and he talks about this old woman. He needs to get a he needs to get a phone call in to her, but he can't because his phones are down. <laughs> and I was like, but you're not, not near your but house. You're not phone. by your phone, right? You're near. You're near a payphone, which we didn't cover because the shot opens, as you said, with Harry not talking to not Bernie at the newsstand, and there's like a the a trampiest bum. trampy hobo clearly leaning before, on a telephone, right out of central knew, casting. Yeah, but yeah, before we knew that he was involved, yeah, the character that will later we'll find out is Daryl. Casey said, "Like bum." I just, that was my first note. Cafeteria, hobo. Awesome. Oh, oh yeah. I said hobo. My first note's hobo secretary. Um, uh, and then that's a perfect transition because this hobo, whom is at the telephone, comes over with Dan's phone messages, which further just adds to the confusion. So was the hobo on the phone? Is that why you couldn't use it? So, right. So, right. Yes, here's another thing. Who is he talking to that he's received retrieving these messages? Uh, I would assume that you can call here here because here's bear with me. Here's my question today. Let's say that this episode happened today. You could my phone. My cell phone doesn't work. My cell phone broke. Casey, I can use your cell phone. I can use my work phone. I can still call into my voicemail. Yeah. And get retrieve my voicemails. That's no problem. I understand that. However, at this time that this episode was taking a place, this would have been an answering machine. Right. Now, I do know from watching, you know, movies Mm -hmm. and stuff, I never had any of that technology growing up because I'm pretty sure that that was a little bit like schmancy technology at the time. But from watching movies and stuff, I do know that you could call in. To retrieve your voice, your voice messages from outside on your answering machine with a certain hookup, not every answering machine, but your phone would need to work in order to do it. Yeah, sure. Of course. So, so how is he getting these messages? So we've established there's a hobo on because the phones don't work. The hobo comes over with Dan's messages. Sure does. This is the era. When payphones have the number, you can call a payphone with the number, but that would mean Dan Fielding had to give that payphone number for the cafeteria to everyone in his contact list. Right, exactly, because the bum could not have called in to retrieve messages. And then, so, right, and then he just has, instead of using the phone, which it's like, I was like, my first thought was like, because I saw the hobo at the payphone, I was like... Oh, the issue is all right. I'm 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 going along with it. The issue is Dan's phone's yeah. down, 
And so he has to use the payphone. But this dirty hobo and these lines of hobos at the court don't allow him to get to the phone. But that's not the that case. That is a much better story. Yeah. That's a much better that should have been impasse what he said. for him to be in front of. I need to use the phone, but these greasy hobos keep hogging the phone. So, right. So um, Daryl comes over and basically says, "You know, it's it's a funny it's a funny Dan joke. Mm-hmm. I it completely rolled over because no one understands who the fuck this hobo is, why the fuck he's here, what the hell is happening, and how this tax shelter is." affects Dan in any way in yeah. avocado shares. I gotta um, say, we're saying tax shelter. I don't even know what that means. I think I think for tax shelter, I'm using it in terms of like stocks and stuff. Like it is a business that it, for some reason is tax exempt. That's what I thought. Yes, yes. Yeah. I don't know why that would be in terms of avocado farming of or a mom maybe and it's the pop person avocado farm. Right. I don't understand that. <laughs> and I didn't look sense. into it, but a tax shelter is is literally from from my experience just what it sounds like a shelter from taxes. Yeah. Yeah. Like there is some type of loophole like, you know, a religious organization, obviously an avocado farm isn't that, yeah. but they're tax exempt. But if they're getting enough subsidies, like if Dan puts every cent he has into this farm, yeah. like that money cannot then be taxed. Gotcha. But it's, it sounds like way too much work. That's it, all I'm saying. It sounds like he's got the wolf of Wall Street on the other line sending selling him penny futures to yes. like uh, an avocado shed that like – barely even exists like two avocado trees sold them a bill of goods oh yeah so if, if this can't if this hole where we're at can't get any weirder we talked about this hobo he looks great yep. central casting hobo greasy dirty just looks like a new york city scumbag i got i just have a little aside i got it hold on i got it oh ashley's got tax shelter so i looked up tax shelter farmland okay so essentially, it's a common practice for people. It, it's I mean, it's essentially fraudulent, not necessarily illegal because there are loopholes. Oh boy! But a lot of wealthy Americans they misuse tax credits because tax credits are given to farmlands to keep farming and local industry alive. Oh, subsidies, yeah. Yeah, so these farmers can receive that, but then if you are a rich person and you just own a lot of property, you can technically register claim, your land gotcha. and claim those, you know, Some those subsidies. deductions. Oh, fucking! So he wants to buy the, the land government. from this little old lady. He's a Reagan. He's Reagan. Yeah, he's a Reagan's wet dream. Speaking of wet dreams, <laughs> speaking of wet dreams. Here's the wettest of dreams. So we have this hobo, as yeah, you said. Yeah, it's agricultural tax credits. There you go. <laughs> now Speaking we're... of a tax credit, this is a tax credit to our nation. <laughs> the gentleman that placed the hobo in this episode, which I believe after oh, I saw it, he will play a recurring role in the show. Oh, wow. If it's not him, there's another hobo that's like Dan's best friend. Okay. But this actor for this episode goes by the nom de plume. Blackie, damn it. Yeah. Uh, and I uh, have a little mini bio. Uh, it's written by someone named Thiefy. <laughs> and it goes as such. <laughs> he a real hobo? He was, 
Yeah, no, this is, uh, yeah. Thiefy the Bindle Tramp goes as such. He was married to Peggy, real name Margaret, and they divorced when their son Anthony was young. Blackie has two children, Anthony, who was born in 1962, and James, who was born in 1991. He lived in Los Angeles for many years. Whilst living there, whilst whilst living there, he changed his name to John Kiedis, or changed his name from John Kiedis to Blackie Dammit. He raised wolves and wolf hybrids in Michigan in the 1990s, and in 2007, he moved to Portland, Oregon. So, he goes. His name is John Kiedis. He has a son named Anthony. His son is Anthony Kiedis, lead singer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Bullshit. He and, also and he. I swear, as Casey's witness, Casey said, "Is that?" When we were watching the episode, is that Anthony Kiedis's dad? And I didn't know who Anthony Kiedis was. And I was like, what? And then after the episode, he said, I swear that was Anthony Kiedis's dad. I said, I don't know who you're talking about. He said, Red Hot Chili Peppers. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, they kind of look alike. He was like, no, Anthony Ke- Kiedis's dad was also in Lethal Weapon. He oh. was one of the criminals. At selling Christmas, selling Christmas, trees. Christmas trees. So literally 30 <laughs> second, a 30 second scene. And Casey recognized this guy was like, I think that's the lead singer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers dad. I swear to God, he was like Rain Man on nice. this. Nice. Nice pull. Blackie Dammit. So Blackie Dammit, the wolf raised. I know a little bit because Meg read that uh, she was telling me about Anthony Kiedis's story because uh, she read his bi- bio called Scar Tissue, his biography. And autobiography, and um, apparently, old Blackie Dammit is the reason Anthony Kiedis had a a pretty raging yep. drug problem early on in his life. Like he was doing drugs hookers. with his young son. Yeah. Oh. At twelve. Yeah. Shut. Oh, that's like some downy yeah, shit. Yeah. His dad straight oh, yeah. up was like, "I'm gonna make a man out of you," at twelve or thirteen, and just let him have sex with a hooker. Hold it. That that's not what every father son does. Yeah. As soon as you said Kiedis, as soon as you said change his name from Kiedis, I went, that you got to be kidding me if that's going on. <laughs> no, there. it's, yep. Wow. That's hysterical. There you go. But anyway, so Blackie. Back to the madness. Blackie. He, Daryl comes over to Dan and has a, a good Dan joke that, again, we miss completely because everybody's just, what the fuck yeah. is happening? We're calling him Daryl because he reveals his Blackie. His character's name is Daryl in this episode later. Yep. So Daryl the bum comes over and says, "Facial, your facial's been moved up to 430. Oh, yeah. Which is a funny joke. Yeah. And then Betty called. This dirty bum kisses Dan on the cheek and says, that's for last night. Californication. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then uh, from my notes, it goes to credits. Goes right and to I'm intro. Sitting, yeah, it yeah. does. I'm sitting there just blinking, sterile. So I was yeah. like, "All right, so I guess Dan had a hot date at least." I all right, Betty with Betty. Yeah, but yeah, that whole it was a very it was a whirlwindish intro. Let's be honest. And then we hit the so intro. while Blackie was filming this, his son was at home. Selling drugs with Flea on the streets, <laughs> yeah. coming up with some of the greatest music of a generation. Yeah. So this yeah. is this is real. This is heavy. Yeah. This is real stuff, and it's, it gets it even gets realer because as soon as uh, as soon as the credits end, the opening credits, 
yeah, we, we know moments. we know Harry plays ping pong. We know Harry plays pool. <laughs> we know Harry likes to bowl on his lunch break. What else could we come up with? But Harry is practicing his odd croquet game, which isn't even <laughs> oh, practice because he's playing croquet with his hands, right? Or his gavel? Is he playing he's with using his gavel? gavel? All right, all right. I guess well, I, I there. I see a little more. But. I don't even think they're regulation croquet balls. They're bocce balls. Mm. Perhaps. I wouldn't put it past him. That's how wacky he is. <laughs> he has so little to do God. in his day. That was a moment when I, I, I've had a few audibles and I just went, Ashley, God damn it. Like, it was just like, Harry, you motherfucker. I'm just looking at the screen. I still don't really know what's going on with Dan. Like, I'm just so confused. I'm thinking about avocados. Like, and then all of a sudden we come back and it's that. I'm like, oh, yeah, now things make sense. (laughs) Are we tasting a little bit of script bot happening this season where they're like, all right. This is a little script. Early on, our our way into Harry is a, is a, is a, is a, what, what kind of sports do you call those, Case? There's a name, bachelor sports. What are they? Bowling, oh, golf, right. pool. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, it's not bar sports, but it's like, like parlor games. Yeah, it's 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 just <laughs> like off bachelor sports. sports. Yeah, bachelor <laughs> sports. That's that's a sad bar to go into. That's for sure. Dad games. It's just dad games. <laughs> yeah, he's always got. Is that our way in? So I don't know if they're using like a template now. Um, I don't. But maybe. Yeah. Maybe because this episode, maybe they had to go in. This episode is so off the like charts, like weird that maybe they had to go in and like try and like do a couple rewrites and hit a template over. I know I have to do that when stories get out of whack. I'd like to think they were rocking and rolling and it was just like, you know what we're going to do, guys? Let's get fucking high and toasted. I'm going to start writing a script and just pass it around the room. And then whatever's done is done. We're all getting paid, right? You know, it's really funny that you brought it up because I didn't make a note of it. But what I thought when we get to the the main storyline, which we're about to hit right now. Yeah. That felt very, in theory, in theory, not in execution, uh, very much like a season one, like oh, this, you know, this idiot kid or whatever, and there's a touching story and Harry, you know, digs deep to fix the problem and uh, so on and so forth. Yeah. So it's reminiscent <laughs> no, of, totally. of season one in terms of the episodes where they really hit that hard, especially in the first half of season one. And I think they're like, you know what? We got to bring some of that back, like some of that heart, but we got to do it in a... You know, right. we got to get more jokes in like there's it's got this is a popular right. TV show for a season because I looked up. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. No, go for it. I looked up because I thought the same thing and I just randomly Googled like Night Court season two critique or Night Court season two info just to see if maybe someone over time like had reported like season two tried this weird and wacky format sure. that ended up going away. I couldn't find anything, but come on, internet. I, I, yeah, come on. You're good for nothing. But I do feel that they Charlottesville, were still... Charlottesville. Where's this season two yeah. night court critique? <laughs> I know. 
It's horrible. The Jews replaced <laughs> it. Can you believe what the world is coming to? I can't figure out a critique on season I mean, I understand two. what we're all talking about, Did but did no one do work before this horrible tragedy? No, but I did. What I was about to say is I did go down a rabbit hole, though, and they talk, you know, I found some stuff on Ellen Foley, which we'll get oh, into later. Good, good. But as, as we... <laughs> As we know, she eventually, she leaves at the end of this season and Marky Post replaces her. So I definitely feel they're still figuring it out. This might like be the, the lost still, season. Yeah, this is yeah. a limbo. Yep. Definitely a limbo. I feel the like I'm in purgatory alert. on this one. Oh, Harry yeah. does not give a long monologue. No, which I never thought I'd say I would welcome would have welcomed it. <laughs> yeah, right. It would have. Yeah, it would have uh, brought some foundation. So what I guess now we're hitting titular because what do we hear next? And, and it's Dan going the size of personal computers these days. Huh? Look over and there's this young man, blonde hair, very preppy looking uh, sports coat or what would yep. you call it? Prep coat, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Private school-looking kid. Private school-looking kid. Yeah, he's in a uniform. Kid. Yeah, and he's plugging away in this computer, and of course, you know, our first thought is in the 21st century is, oh, how silly, like, because they're not being sarcastic. He's, like, trying to make an in with this kid because he's got yeah. a little laptop. It wasn't, like, a crazy, like, it was, like, a decent-sized laptop. It wasn't outrageously big, you know? At that, no, no. no, it wasn't. At that time, though... That would have been so expensive. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, literally, my jaw dropped. Like, that would have yeah. been insane. Like, my my father at that time, while, while this episode is being filmed and aired, my father is the head of a computer science program Yeah, in a prestigious private school, and they did not have access to laptops like that. Looking yeah, that was like I literally episode. I wrote down Richie Rich. Like sure. this is this is the guy. How much do you think that cost at that time? Five thousand dollars. Yeah, easy. Like, because it looked, it doesn't look too far off of a, a normal laptop. It looked, but it, but the screen was about the size of our iPhone it's screen. Thick. Yeah, it's chunky. So and all it's like a logo yeah. screen. Yeah. So it's it's only HTML text, mm, and if yeah. it's any image, it's you creating the image with the logo turtle. Which me, all I could think when I saw that computer, and there's the line, oh yeah, yeah, what a throwback! All my head just went, how fucking boring that device is! How boring that device oh, is! Yeah. Oh yeah, there's <laughs> okay, nothing. Yeah. That's why, like, literally no kid would need it unless no. we'll get to it. Obviously, this kid needs it because he does non-kid stuff. Right. But no, this isn't a toy. Like, it was at that time, if you saw a kid with that, it was absolutely ridiculous. Not even just like, oh, yeah. his parents are rich. Just like, why the hell would a kid that age want that? And, no. And yeah. No one's playing around with computers. They're not fun. Now we're taking a third eye look on it. Now that we're talking about it, I took a lot of stuff for granted in this episode that I didn't think about in the context of the time that we're watching it. Because someone on a laptop is very innocuous to us now because we see it all of the time. Sure. No, no child would be on a laptop. Like That's my thing. What's he doing on a laptop? He He's not no connected to the internet. It. Yep. 
What's he writing a dissertation? Because yep. it's basically just a glorified typewriter. But the internet but, technically doesn't exist at the time, and you can connect to things like that because it's all via drives and almost like a phone connection. Right. You need a landline connection. Yes. But also, I, I, I was thinking that too. Like, what is he writing? But that even at that time, like you didn't you didn't have a laptop to. It was not a word processor yet. It could you could be, but everybody still used typewriters, electric typewriters. No, my my thing is what a kid who does the things that we will learn that he does would be using it for is literally just like today. Like if you take your laptop and outside and you're not connected to a Wi-Fi, you can still work quote unquote offline. He's coding. Yeah, he's a code nerd. That's true. Yeah, he's. I'd he's like to coding. think he's just playing Snake or maybe Blackjack or that adding game where the clown, like if you get it right, it spins its eyeballs. <laughs> That's uh, I, I, I don't. Does anybody not remember that? I remember we had these. No, <laughs> no. But Number Munchers was my jam. He's way oh, smarter yeah. than we'll ever be, and he had like a caveman's tool. <laughs> right. Well, all right. So, but. If you notice, and as we were talking about it, the moment you see him, you get some hoots and hollers. And I'm like, yeah. all right, so this kid's somebody. Okay. So I, 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 I look him up on IMDb. The gentleman's name is Christian Brackett Zika. Um, Oof. Spicy these days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And as you mentioned, he was in Meatballs 2. He was in Silver Spoons. But he's most known for being in this show called Domestic Life, which is, interestingly enough, with the titular character, uh, uh, Martin Mull. And, what? Yep. And Martin Mull plays a guy named Harold Crane, who has a radio show in Washington where he gives people advice on domestic life. And no, that's Frasier. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Pre-Fraser, proto-Fraser. Uh, and Christian Brackadzika plays his nerdy son named uh, Harold Crane. And it was on for two seasons. And then he was in one episode of Silver Spoons. And then somebody tied him to a rocket and shot him to the moon. Because <laughs> he does not exist anywhere. He- IMDb, right. I found him like you. I couldn't find. I was like, oh, did he? I couldn't find a death. I couldn't find what he's doing. I couldn't find a. I was like, all right, so he got out of the business. No LinkedIn. He does not exist except for on that weird website that gives people's net worth. And it's just one of those fake. It's just an infinity sign. <laughs> it's just a fakey image, right? It's just a fakey image of that weird outline with a question mark in it. So there's no picture of this guy, this kid, and it just says he's worth one point six million dollars. <laughs> so I don't. That Which is didn't... pretty piecemeal, considering. Like, yeah, I wish yeah. I was worth that much, but I was expecting like five billion dollars. Well, Hans, when you mentioned that beginning of the episode. I, too, Googled him and could not find him anywhere. And then I was like, well, I would assume that when he was a child, bracket Zika meant hyphenated for his parents' names. So you just went Zika, right? No, I just went bracket. Oh, I just went Zika. What'd you find for Christian bracket? Oh, shit. (laughs) Special agent at the DEA, Boston, Mass. Really? 
He caught fucking old Blackie. Damn it. Is that, is it, did you have a picture of him? Is that him? No, I have no idea. It's basically idea. the same question mark thing you had for the net worth. God, this guy's a, a mystery. I don't but, think it's the same black. I don't think it's the same dude. Because I looked up Christian. Whitey Bulger. There's a Christian Zika senior who was in like some like walk on shit. And I was like, all right, that's, so that's his dad. Let me find something. There's nothing about his dad. And then you click on his Wikipedia and it says this person does not exist. Even it has his name in red. So you can't click on it. So there's a mystery there. I think he just like, he's like, look how crazy this episode was. You just described the show Frasier to us. His <laughs> yeah. last name was crane. Frasier's <laughs> last name is crane. Holy shit, you're right. Like, he's yeah. just, he's he looked to me like s- Illuminati type surrounded shit. by chaos. I think the dude just <laughs> took peyote and walked into the fucking fifth dimension. You're right. I didn't even put that together. Holy He's God. Shit. He was God on Earth. Wow. Uh, uh, we saw Jesus, and he played a nerd on night, a science nerd on Night Court, and did a mediocre job. I was listening. Oh, hammy. Uh, real quick, and then we'll move on. Uh, I heard this amazing story. There's this guy that hangs out. He's a comic, and he's in um, uh, Doug. Uh, what can I think of his name? Doug Arizona comic. Oh, Stanhope. Doug Stanhope's uh, crew. Uh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, I'll have to. I'll have to maybe uh, fill it in. But he told the story. His dad was a working actor in L.A., and his dad started uh-huh. getting some work and started getting some attention. So his dad, uh, basically had the gig locked up of playing coach on Cheers. What? But he turned it down to play the villain in Meatballs too. Oh no! It's all connected. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Is Meatballs man. two the one with the alien? I don't know. I've never seen Meatballs two. But, I did not see Meatballs two. But I've heard a lot about Meatballs two lately. So, uh, all right, we went. We went. De- we we gave ourselves the Zika virus, and yep. now we're coming out of it. And. He's going at it with Dan. Dan's apparently an aficionado, as he is with all things intelligentsia, at computers. And the kid doesn't care that Dan's an aficionado. So he thinks the kid is stupid. And he says, do you know what that means? And so the kid then types on his little laptop, turns it to Dan and says, do you know what that means? To which caused my wife to pose the question, what did he write? So now I pose that to you. What did he write? Dan's reaction was horrified. Not like you fucker. Oh, I don't think it was like a fuck you or anything, but I think it was like a kid, like bite me. You gotta bite me. But that didn't elicit the reaction. I agree. I thought, what could that guy possibly have typed to cause Dan Fielding to go? (gasps) I I think it was just a plain and simple bite me. All right. We'll go with bite me. (laughs) No, I was like, I thought that same thing too. Is like, what could that kid have possibly typed? Showed him, a, showed him some heinous picture off the internet. Was my response. Oh yeah, maybe you showed him a four twenty boner. For that's bread butt cheeks, glass table. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and then the kid after that's my next note is like, so the kid cl- types like the greatest curse word, most offensive thing in the world. And then his next jab at Dan is like keyboard face. Keyboard face. 
<laughs> Which got a laugh. Like oh, that's why again. That's yeah, why popped. I had to research this guy because I was like, they're giving him, they're giving him too much. But I'll tell you what. Think back to not not the eighties, but later than that. Think of something that I didn't watch the show, so I never got it. Like all of the merchandise and stuff that was sold to kids and adults with Bart Simpson saying, "Have it like don't have a cow, man." Come on, keyboard face. Like kids making kids doing that is just so hilarious and kitsch. I guess just that like Dennis the Menace like. But do you know what I'm saying? Sure, like I got Bart you. Simpson is embodies Sucks. keyboard face. When when Bart Simpson first started, it oh, was yeah, no. it was super super cheesy because the show was about Bart, not Homer. Oh yeah, uh, I I wonder who made that shift or if it was a group shift. Yeah, I don't know, but they were smart to do it. Oh yeah. But th- it went gangbusters. Right, you're like everything it's was Bart Simpson. Yeah, the 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 popular TV watching populace at large is like we've never seen a kid speak out like that before. What a wiseacre. It's the real life I didn't do it, boy. Like yeah, yeah. that yeah. And then if oh. you then add on top of it that he has so offended Dan. And he has the cojones to go against Dan. It's just so darn funny, right? In real life, yeah. Dan, if if that kid gave that sass to an adult like that, he would grab him around the neck like the saint to killers. Like, we like it on TV, yeah. but you ever watch a kid giving too much sass? And I, I got grabbed around the neck one time, like, for, like, I said something <laughs> wrong, and this, like, adult... Literally grabbed me by the neck and lifted me up off of the floor to the point of where my friends, almost like it was out of like a stand by me thing and I was getting (laughs) killed by like a tough, like had to, I remember them, I remember them pinching my neck and trying to get their little fingers between his fingers and my neck to try and open up his grasp and that was me i think that was me saying something like keyboard and face that like man that's was the Bernie real reaction Van <laughs> right you gotta be careful no you're right that, that was like the whole thing is if like someone like you obviously couldn't grab a kid by the neck now but if someone mouthed off to me like that i'd be like listen you little shit sure and if yeah and if my daughter spoke like that she will oh oh she won't she will. yes she will she'll get she'll get the grip Sass mouth. The arm grip. Daughter of two sass mouths. What do you expect? Yeah, you're in. You're in for it. Keyboard. Uh, so yeah. Keyboard faces. Yeah, that's all we're getting is keyboard face. You pray, believe me, you pray for keyboard face. I'll pray for a Bart Simpson. Bite me, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you like old Bart Simpson, do you? <laughs> watch something better. Let's watch some Barts, huh? <laughs> As... I love the old Bart show. <laughs> Uh, but Dan has a good comeback. It's one of my favorite lines of the episode because it's such a horrible episode. And Dan just gets real, leans in real close to him and says, Santa and the Easter Bunny aren't real and Kermit the Frog wears dresses. Just deadpan. Boom, so boom, Kermit boom. Kermit ain't cis. Kermit ain't cisgendered. No way. Yeah, and that's, I also wrote down, whoa, like, could not make that joke no. today. Hmm, Interesting. Yeah, I guess you're right. Kermit huh. can wear a dress because he's you a cartoon totally character. You could totally do the Santa isn't real. Easter Bunny is even going, you know, let's just 
no yeah. one should mention Easter. It gets too convoluted now. But Kermit wears dresses. The the whole the next day, the reviews and the blogs would be like, and what's wrong with that? Dan Fielding is a trans hater. Be like, Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny aren't real, and Kermit the Frog has a hand up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I would go with that. That's so, less offensive. Then... Right as that happens, mom walks in, Miss Simon. We yes. find out the kid's name's Jeremy Simon, his do you, mother. Do you recognize Mrs. Simon, Miss, by the way? Miss Simon is Miss Eddie Griswold yes! from National <laughs> Lampoon's Vacation. Said, the actress's name Eddie. is Miriam Flynn. I recognize her immediately because Christmas Vacation uh, is actually on my, like, it's it's very high up there in my favorite movies of all time, not even holiday movies. So I recognize her right away, and I looked up what she's up to. She's like seasoned pro, but she is killing it like a motherfucker. She's basically done a voice in every animated show you've oh, ever really? seen. Yeah. That's where her That's bread crazy. is buttered. Yeah. I am happy to hear it. Yeah, me too. Marion Flynn, hats off to you. Hats off. Hubby. Played by Matthew Faison. Not much to him, except for he was in the film Freddy's Dead, as well as the film <laughs> Jason Lives. <laughs> A little crossover. I really didn't know where you were going with that. I'm like, okay, not interested. He doesn't discriminate. Okay, he likes then, Coke and Pepsi. Oh, that yeah. Was the end. That he, was funnier than any of the jokes yeah, in this no, episode. It really was, yeah. That was my favorite part of this episode, was finding out he was in <laughs> Freddy's Dead and Jason Lives. Uh, so, yeah, I have Mrs. Cousin Eddie is Nerd's mom. My next... Oh, I got a good Selma. There's a good Selma bit. Is it a good... Uh, I'm, I agree. I don't, I don't know what to... I don't know what to th- say, because I'd love for you to... F- is it Fill good or is it just a mediocre go, comedian in a fucking horrifying open mic? Go through the bit and then I have something to say. So the they bring it in front of the court. So we see Mrs. Cousin Eddie and Frankie Faison are the parents of the Wiz Kid. So the Wiz Kid's brought up in front of the court, and as we established, he is a little Bart Simpson wise ass. So yep. he's he's got no respect for authority. So Selma uh, looks over to Bull and says, "Kids are great, a real joy, but I hear you need to have them with men." Yeah, that's a joke. She She's, hates men. Well, yeah, she says, "She says kids are a joy." Well, uh-huh. no, it carries on. Yeah, it does carry on. Ashley's back. She's she's got a. <laughs> she, she, kids she's are got a joy. To say. And she goes, "But I understand you have to have them with men." And Bull says, "Uh huh." She says, "What a shame." To which my wife said, oh, she's gay. And I said, no, <laughs> no, she, I just don't think she likes, she hates, she's, a, she thinks men are stupid. Well, and here, here's what I was going to say. Correct me if I'm wrong. She was engaged or married at one point in time in life. He's dead now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. And she, you she, were with a guy. It has been established with, that you were with a man and capable of having kids if you wanted. Didn't a, a hunk of hers die in the Hindenburg? Wasn't that and a joke has, for a season? She has yeah, also. Yeah. She has also, and I want to believe that it's the Alex P. Keaton episode. She has also made comments to her very, very like 
vehemently making the choice and the conscious decision to not have children. Like, she has had a joke when there's been a kid acting a foul where she's been like, and this is exactly why we didn't have children. Another, I'm seeing another dual writer's room because there are episodes where Selma is like super proto rah rah, like even to the point of like, I agree with Meg when you said that. I was like, oh, is she a lesbian? Right. But I was like, no, I know she's not. But like week to week, she waxes and wanes with like God's a lady, like men are the worst, to like mooning after like Frank Sinatra Jr. And, oh yeah, what was, and, but she she's also like, must be being sarcastic with kids are a joy, because he's not being joyful. Yeah. She's just being an old Right, crank. that's that's what I thought at first, because I was like, oh, she's being sarcastic. And then I took it once it, once it kind of finished with like, oh yeah, she, it's just men. It's not about the kids. I was like, well, maybe she, because they're in a different space. And they haven't, the court hasn't actually started yet. The case yeah. hasn't started and brought to the court. Maybe they're just looking from afar. Like, it's an aside. Like, while this is all going on and he's being a dickhead, someone else on the other side of the room is like, oh, look at kids. Like, he's talking to Dan. He's got a little computer. Like, I don't know. I'm We're mm-hmm. delving too far into it. I'm sure I did. But I was just like, I didn't get the joke either. Well, the entire studio audience did. Because they fucking loved it. <laughs> so I don't know who's warming up this crowd. If it's Martin Mull beating his wife on the side. I don't, but, uh, In a very entertaining way. They're eating it up like they're watching The Running Man or something. Um, so, all right. So uh, we find out the case from yep. Ms. Simon. My Ms. Steak. Yes. Yes. You gotcha. But she's married, isn't it? Mrs. I don't get the Ms. part. She's tough and weird. That's the thing. If they both had, if she didn't take his name, she could say, I'm Ms. Garing, not Ms. Not Mrs. Van Heel. They have the same fucking last name. Yeah, I don't know what the Ms. part is. I think is. it was, I was literally, I think someone in the writer's room figured out the joke, like the Ms. Steak, which was funny. Don't want to lose that joke. And, and nope, they. Don't wanna- like and they just needed to put it somewhere. Yeah, to like, have it, yeah. I don't know why you wouldn't just put it on a post-it and put it on the wall for the next episode where it could probably fucking work. Oh, God, I gotta tell you that joke. that line got a big old fucking laugh out of Meg though. But that's the thing. Like we're talking about it. And it's like it's like we're sitting in the writers' room and I'm like, Ashley won't get off my fucking dick about this Ms. Steak. Ms. Joke, fine. We'll give her the goddamn joke. It doesn't matter. We have court cases every week. And then it pops and you're like, I wish I hadn't given him that goddamn joke. No, because it's a funny joke. Like, it's a funny bit. It's just when you actually think about it, it makes no fucking sense. Because it's out of context. Yeah. Yeah. Cursing again. So, you always curse. So then uh, they we, we find out that the case has to do with her socking yeah. uh, this teacher over- he, Oh. Oh, oh, Beats. oh, before we get there, Beats. Harry, Harry, had, Harry had a really great joke that he wanted to make sure everybody got. Oh, well, we God. haven't even gotten to it yet. Yeah. So oh, I, yeah, I we, have that. We first. find out the offense is that Ms. Simon beat the principal with an almanac. Take it, Ash. So Harry says, well, that was Disgusting. very resourceful. 
get it? Because it's an almanac? (sighs) (laughs) But is the joke that it's a bad joke? I guess so. But it made me angry. and I are sighing because of all the time we have spent with our lives actively trying to make people laugh. We have also fallen into the trap of, let's write a bad joke into a sketch because it will be funny. And then no one laughs at the jokes you tried. So why the fuck would they laugh at your, like, the character can't make a joke either. <laughs> oh, that's or, the worst. It makes me cringe thinking about or, it. Or Don't maybe. Don't you get it? Don't you get when it? you're on a podcast with your husband and you make a funny joke about someone you know will be listening and your husband just lets it sit there like you're bitching about his best friend. What are you talking about? Yeah, what, what are you referring <laughs> so, to? It was a Henning's joke. a great guy. <laughs> it's <was> a joke. <laughs> and you left me high and dry. Big time and high I and dry. Like a... <laughs> you got to dig yourself out of that hole. Welcome to the big leagues. I was so mad. Oh, that was good. <laughs> Just kept swinging away. Right? No, let's readdress it, guys. Bring it back. <laughs> Did you get it? It was a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard it. <laughs> No, but <laughs> Ashley is officially the Judge Harry of this podcast. <laughs> if you would have done what you were supposed to do, it's not my. I'm not. My job's not. I'm not the Chuckle Hut over here. <laughs> He's not your Neanderthal man. <laughs> no, but Harry, Harry kind of explained his own joke. And Casey, you had another audible. <laughs> I was like, come on. That was just the like. Make your bad jokes, but don't make a bad joke to make the joke. It's too hard. It's at least it wasn't. Much. At least it wasn't a set of chicken lips because he was close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, it was, close to chicken it lips, was getting yes. close. It was. Yeah. But no one was laughing. I appreciate no one laughing at his bad joke. But right. then right after we get a joke because Jeremy's not even up there right nope, now. Nope. So they've they've addressed the case yeah. and they said that the son would be happy to provide, you know, witness testimony. Yeah. Which Jeremy is the computer whiz. Why? The, why would you need it? Why would you need know. it? Regardless, push the plot forward. I yeah. guess we need it now. So Bull goes over to get Jeremy to bring yes. him up, <laughs> and he <Best>. goes. <laughs> Bull best. goes over and says, "Let's go, little fella." Hey, how you doing? <laughs> and then. A little person. Yes. Big bug. A big bug if you're a trick practice listener. (laughs) He goes, let's go, little tyke. And a a little person in like. The best tailored 70s suit you've ever seen. Like, it's got to be crushed velvet, you know, suit just kind of, you know, waddles over. Waddles. Come on. Come on. He's not a penguin. He's a human. He's a, he was born from a woman. <laughs> so a father. I'm so Mr. Cobblepot well, no, 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 wobbles listen, up really quickly. <laughs> he punch. He barely Wait, punches through the egg it. he was born stop in. Stop it! I'm not saying that because he's a little person. I'm saying if you watch how he over exaggerates, <laughs> I wish, I wish we looks. could see you over exaggerating <laughs> right there. <laughs> 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 You're like a studio executive from the 30s. I need one of those, you know, little waddlers. They're animals. You know, they're born without hips. 
you sold it with the body language, but it didn't make it any less offensive. Oh, That's boy. Right. You know, Waddle? That's offensive. No, you see what I'm doing. It's worse. But again, a total, like, non-joke. It's great. It's, this, it, 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 it's, it's a la my favorite joke of the first season when, uh, well, it's not quite because it doesn't have callbacks, but where you're just like, the guy in the dress wants to know when he's going to get strip searched. And it just cuts yes. over it. It's it's just Ooh. odd. It's some gallows it's humor. It's a good gallows moment. It's good, a good gallows, gallows moment. moment. No, it's good, but in the context of this, number one. But would of it be course, better if he was normal sized? No, Is that what you're trying to it say? It's it's one of those things that that with the Miz joke and everything like a lot of these jokes aren't really doing anything for plot. And normally, no. usually. They move the plot forward in some form or other. Even when it's someone in the gallows, sure. it it yeah. pushes, it's supposed to redirect you somewhere else. Like, it does something. Yeah. It has a function. And these jokes, there was no function of that other than the cheap laugh, which it got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. For me, I, 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 I laughed. laughed. But, but you, I didn't <laughs> laugh because it was a little person showing up because he said little person. I laughed because... Of like, I could just, it, again, it was like me seeing he was behind so the joke. Looking. That actor killed that line. Because when he said, come on, little tyke. And then that gentleman walked up with his little legs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the look on his face when Bull went, no, not you. He was pissed. Yeah. He was pissed. Yeah. So I, I, I just enjoyed it because it was just such a. <laughs> Like, let's do it. Let's go for it. So (laughs) when that guy got pissed off and then he rolled away on his little skateboard, (laughs) pumping with his arms like a chimp. Um, Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I almost forgot that because the next bit is he's like. He he readdresses to Jeremy and Jeremy's like, yeah, I think I saw you at the Museum of Modern History. You know, yeah. and and he's like, oh, yeah, when were you there, right? Doesn't he say something like that? Like, Yeah, oh. Bull, Bull's like, oh, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I don't know the specific line, but he is like, that could have happened. Right, his reaction was, oh, did you see me? Like, he's there a lot. That was his reaction was like, oh, when were you? What exhibit were you going to see? And he's like, no, weren't you the Neanderthal man? Oh, suck it. And then the audience popped again. Yeah, boom, big one. Bart's, they gave him, he said. gave him the Simpson. He barted him. Yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, speaking of uh, kind of, we we come into another humor trope, which is the toupee humor, classic yes. toupee humor bit. the The teacher has a horrible toupee on, and you discover that the reason that this all happened and the parents had to get called in to see the teacher is, and everybody starts snickering because uh, Jeremy was making fun of the toupee, and then. Yep. They go like, what to pay? And you can see it's terrible. And this is another, this is actually a good bit because it's the court reporter who's still uncredited. He just, uh-huh. he says, what are you talking about? She says, well, the guy with the tube said. I was like, yeah. What? yeah. <laughs> right. So I wrote it down specifically that she said tube. Tube. Yeah. Tube. Was that, was, and here's my question though. Did she misread, like, Toupee is T O U P E. Correct. Yeah. That's how it's spelled. 
So is this an actor mistake that wasn't caught and rolled over? Or was toop a an actual term of phrase for a toupee? Like, oh, he's got a toop. I think we're to know that the court reporter, we're to believe that the court reporter is so old and New Yorky apathetic that she is not even going to waste her energy to add a French accent. So she's like the guy with the toop. Like, that's what I think she it was. She read it that, that way, sense. That makes sense. but I never thought about it. I was took it a as a very literal line read from not necessarily like an, an I, actor. I took it as A, an actor's mispronunciation, or B, another actor's mistake that someone should have cut her off quicker. Like, uh, right. Toop, that's what... And she got cut off, but she didn't get cut off that soon to be cut off. She read it as, I'm supposed to get cut off, and no one cut her off. Yeah, the script could have actually said T-O-O-P dash, yeah. because some, she shouldn't have gotten through the whole word. Kikari was supposed to cut her off. Yeah, like, or something like that. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. It was just interesting. Just adds to the Bermuda Triangle of this it's computer just, yeah. kid. Right. I wish we'd all taken acid like the right. computer kid, because it so, all would make sense. So then another weird thing happens, which... <laughs> so Harry goes, well, you know, Jeremy, I don't think the FCC would look fondly on that. Yeah. Oh, well, we find out that he is, had been changing using his computer to change the scoreboard at the local ball game. Right. To make fun of the tube. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Picari's right. tube. Right. To make fun of the, the, the teacher that has the toupee. So... I understand what Harry's saying, and Jeremy comes back with, you know, to actually, to be honest, to the tell FC, you the yeah. truth, to inform you, the FCC doesn't consider scoreboards, you know, uh, reasonable, whatever. I don't know the, the full line, but also, why in God's name would Harry bring up the FCC? It's a scoreboard at a school. Uh, well, he gets schooled. smart the smarty pants, and then he gets barded. Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe it's like kind of like, you know, Casey, if you don't eat your dinner, the police may come over. The old, I may have to call the feds. Yeah. Like maybe it was like that. Like, OK, again, I didn't get it. Yeah. No, there's no, I, there's I, nothing I to get, get other than maybe it leads him to say, hey, by the way, isn't this an arraignment court? Yeah. So Which is what the kids aren't said, you yeah. in the minor leagues, basically? Small potatoes. Small potatoes. That's what I had written down. Small potatoes, Harry. Old small potatoes, Harry. He's like, oh, so you're small potatoes, Harry, aren't you? Bringing Stone Burn. down a peg. Sick. You don't want to. You don't want to go against Harry Kaiser Stone. Oh, we got no Harry Kaiser. We. I never thought I would say. I would never. I want Harry Kaiser. I wanted Harry Kaiser Stone this episode. I wanted him to go full Stalin. I wanted to just lock that court down. Everyone goes gulag. He does kind of whip an ice cream out of his hand later on. I thought I, I thought I saw one, but yeah, he's too much. He's he's pre Kaiser. He's back to hugging the back shirt up. Softy. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, he's just like, weird. There's a he line. He's a little googly eyed for kids. He's got a yeah, weird. I'm not I saying like he's a it. child molester. I'm just saying he gets very wistful about his own childhood. So he's a sucker for a young man. Well, he's he should put in his head the same thing all 
uh, normal men should put in their head. We all are suckers for our childhood. We all want to go back to being kids. But now we're adults, and there should always be a little thing in the back of your head that says, I can't hang out at the kids' table too much because I'll look like a child molester. That exists in our culture. It's there for a good reason because that does stop the actual child molesters from also getting to hang out at that table too much. We're all doing our part here except for Harry, potential but not, C.M. Stone. It's, and it saves us, all of us lighthearted Joker fellas from having to go, I'm not a child molester. I just like having a good time. It does. Thank God. Because there's nothing worse than having to be the guy that says that on more than one occasion. <laughs> hey, guys. With the same shoulder shake that Ashley did as she was yeah, making fun of waddle. old Big Bug walking his way to the... To the... Uh. And then we get to the resolution of the case, which has nothing to do Antique with Antique furniture, law. baby. Yeah. yeah, it has nothing to do with Harry, the law, or or whatever. We find out that Mr. Simon is an antiques dealer. Just so happens that old Mr. Toop loves <laughs> antiques. So they resolve the situation by the dad going, I'm going to redo your office. He's like, great. I'd love a Napoleonic era dust duvet or whatever. They just have a... An, he wants a Louis the Sixteenth desk, and That's they settle it, right? it like uh, they settle it out of court. They never had to go to court. And then Harry's like, "All right, it's done." And the kid's like, "Wait, I got away with it." He's like, "Yeah, pal, you got an angel on your shoulder." He's like, "You got a case get- dismissed." Case uh-huh. dismissed. He's like, "Well, it's not dismissed until you bang the gavel." And then Harry raises it as though he's about to hit him in the head, and Dan's like, "Oh, this is actually funny. Oh, just go ahead with it. You'll get you'll 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 be out in two years." No, it's even better because Dan goes, "Go ahead. I'll see you're out in two years. Yeah, like I'll make sure of it. I'll take care of you." It's so good. To which old uh, Blackie Kiedis comes in, <laughs> yeah, takes him away before the commercial break, and says, uh. You know, fills him in on what he's got on the avocados. Dinner reservations. Yep. Oh, he makes the dinner reservations. He says, "Hey, the thing about the avocados, you know, they've had six bumper crops in a row." Dan's like, "What?" And he says, "I got a tip from the mission," which is a pretty funny line. Remind me of Jeff. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't catch the mission line. That's funny. Yeah, he'd know. Or he says, "Yeah, why did you, why do you know that? I got a tip from the mission." I yeah, it was I I caught the line. It was fine. I'm I'm still very confused as to how it all started, and why this guy has the phone. Anyways, Whatever. we've discussed yep. that it doesn't make sense. So we move but on. But it's still Anthony Kiedis's dad. We move High on, on to another crack case. coke, <laughs> crack coke. So we go to the commercial, which I'm sure there was a coke commercial. Ooh. The issue is clean water. We all have a stake in it. For wildlife. For recreation. For clean ice cubes. Clean ice cubes to chill the light, refreshing taste of a new Coke. A chilling idea. (laughs) Elect the light, better taste for a brighter, better America. The time is now. The taste is light. New possibilities. New Coke. Think about it. And we return to the, the it's courtroom. the courtroom, 
And we have a new case now in front of us. And I don't honestly, I honestly don't think we went to commercial. I think it's fluid. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, Because all of a sudden this new guy, Ralph Kremsky, gets called to the stand. And he's shouting some biblical jargon. He's a, a quote-unquote token crazy Bible guy in yep. New York City. Mac, who has really basically next to nothing in this episode, which I also think, which is why it's a bit of a dud. Yes. Uh, Mac does have a good line, like, okay, next case, this is Ralph Krimsky, Your Honor, planet of origin on unknown. So, yeah. funny little bit. Kook. He's clearly crazy. Yada, yada, Essentially, this guy was, you know, kind of intruding on accosting people in Port Authority, spreading his, you yeah, know, religious... proselytizing. Uh, distributing Harry... religious material without a license. Ah. Eh. I, I didn't know that was a thing. Um, Harry thinks it's going to be really, really hilarious to speak with him using yees. Oh, yeah, yes. I know it. Oh, <laughs> this is just a filler bit, and it takes so fucking it's long. So it fucking is long. long, to which to I thought it was going to merge with the whole bit. I did too. That's no what payoff. I thought. There is no payoff Zero. to any of this because so it's quickly interrupted. Yeah. yeah. Um. Also, something I noticed very quickly as we go through this. Mm-hmm. Ralph is crazy. Yes, I get that. So he's up kind of on the podium, like, at Harry's He's desk. in Harry's grill. Yeah, he's in the grill going like, and and they shall cometh the time that ye whatever, so on and so forth. But Harry, every time he makes a joke, gets as close to that man's face as I am to the microphone right now. Did anybody else notice that? No, I didn't. Casey, I don't talk to you that motherfucking close. Hmm. No, because I tried to kiss you. <laughs> Disgusting. It's lucky you no, didn't get it, that close to that hobo. It <laughs> was just so weird. Like, the staging of it was off. Like, it lasted yeah, so weird. long. It was very bizarre. No, Harry went if full you he, have, he, the, thus. Like, and like, I think, like, when he's doing that, he's leaning in to accentuate the humor of the ye and whatever. But they got... Within inches, if you were not actors, if you were any two normal humans, doesn't matter if you're a judge and a plaintiff, so on and so forth, two humans would never, ever, ever speak that close unless they're about to kill each other or they're about to fuck each other. That's it. I wish one of those things happened, honestly. Yeah, I was was waiting for it. I could have used some of that. Anyway. The one thing he was like, uh, he founded the Church of Ralph. I heard that, yeah. Because he's like- He's like he was giving he he does have some credence because he does have uh we did some research and he his does have an affiliation to an actual religious uh outlet or yeah. and it's the Church of Ralph to which uh uh Stone is like Judge Harry's like all right well okay let's let's go ahead with that evaluation and then interrupted because we hear like a a commotion and and behind the judge's desk and in comes bull and he's holding a ratty toupee and Harry says, what's that? He says, well, this is, uh, what does he say? This is Mr. Picaro and the rest of him, the what's left of him is in the hall. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh-oh. And then we find out that the Jeremy, the kid, has locked himself in judges' chambers. He's really dipping into those frescas. So they're like, oh, okay, about to deal with this. And then the funny, we cut to commercial, but right before we do that, the funniest joke in the episode happens, and we're not done with Ralph yet. So they're going to court adjourned. They're going to go deal with Jeremy. Harry leaves. Ralph is still there in front of the court, turns to Dan and says, do not use his name in vain and do not lay down with beasts. And Dan pauses, looks over and said, we only had drinks. And then cuts commercial. I thought it was hilarious. It's cute. He's a degenerate. We know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then we're, we're back. And we're at the door to judges' chambers. I just, just our reaction to that. That's that's our reaction to that. Like that is a funny joke, but this episode just beat the hell out of us so much. I think no. we're just like, uh huh. This- that like we're to that point. We're like, yes, we understand jokes, and we understand that was a good one. <laughs> Moving this is a on, real experience leading up to because what we went through, the funniest joke. I have ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> right. <laughs> Solely based on what we went through, what we're talking about. A, this is an avant-garde joke, but it will hit. It's not coming now. It's coming later. Uh, but the joke now is decent. So we're back, and uh, the dad's, like, knocking on the door. He's trying to get in judges' tam- chambers. Jeremy will not open the door. Nope. So, of course, everyone kind of looks and Bull's like, I got it. And he says it with, you know, he said in his exact words, let me handle this. Like intense, like bull intensity. Yeah. And he like storms up to the door and then just a dainty. Deep, 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 deep. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, let me in. <laughs> so funny. Hi, Jeremy. It's bull. It's bull. Yeah. <laughs> but then he's like, it takes another tactic and he says, Hey, I'll huff and I'll puff. And he's quickly interrupted by uh, Jason Liv's Faison. He says, he read Dante's Inferno at age 10, to which Bull shrugs his shoulders and walks away. And then, uh, to add to the madness and the uh, the no need for any explanation whatsoever, Harry just goes, oh. And he has a key in the guy's toupee. No, no. He goes, anybody got a... He says, does anybody have a bobby pin? Oh, wait. And then he pulls a bobby pin out of the toupee. I must apologize to both Harry Anderson and Harry Stone. Because I was like, all right. I just see that's where it brought me. I went, okay. I'm not going to question that the toupee has a key in it. (laughs) It it might as well have. It may as well have. This is the most stoner boner. like burner episode ever because it's like wait what oh, there's a key in that toupee sweet well did they did they did they uh, with just that bit did they paint themselves into a breaking bad corner in which they're like i don't know let's just say the toupee has a bobby pin in it <laughs> <laughs> well yeah that's actually a really good point because for a toupee they're actually glued on. It's like a spirit glue. Yeah. Like it's a skin glue. What would you bobby pin it to? Well, doesn't he have the creepy side hair? He had yeah, a he does. Swoopy. But think of how a bobby, like a, a toupee lays. You wouldn't yeah. bobby pin it to your no. other hair. Oh, they okay. totally just. They totally shit the bed. Wow, this writer's room. 
Who was out on vacation? God, summer Fridays were happening. Yeah, no shit. Good Lord. Bob Stevens, that son of a Keetis bitch. Because Keetis brought the sweet toot. They were all tooting off Keetis' stash. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe Blackie got in the writer's room and... Not only did he corrupt his son, he corrupted all of Night Court. <sighs> he brought his son to hook in to the writers. <laughs> Have a go <laughs> at Anthony. <laughs> oh, Jesus. The writers I live in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even know where that meant. City of Angels, baby. Uh, so then we, we, we get into the office, and then we see Jeremy behind Harry's desk, again on his laptop. And he is threatening to... I'm just going to go right to the note, because I have it. Yep. He's on his computer. He's holding his school's uh, scores, grades, hostage. Yep. To has- which I have... Audible groan from audience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a gasp. Yeah. He oh. went, I have all the grades hostage. I can delete them with one click and they go. <gasps> no, a full on silence from the entire cast to a huge. I have that note too. starred huge gasp from the audience as if it is war games and he's going to hit the the Ruskies. Yes. And it's just who gives a shit. My first response was like, why groan? Who gives a fuck? School records for your high school? Where did he get the internet connection to get to his school, who is probably not online anyways? But now we're splitting hairs of hairs. Let's not not split so many hairs, and we won't even get into it. And all I will say is whenever I see things like that, my mind is too perplexed with those old devices and hooking up to a phone line and then connecting specifically to another specific system. Like now my device is hooked into your school system which i believe is called the intranet which is like in a, a separate system within the internet but it still like boggles my mind and it never works That's it bears bueller dan's phone didn't work oh it's all there guys maybe it's, it's all been coming there the together. whole time do we have another hypothesis like Nolan movie i have a little art school aside at the end okay thank god there's good you're killing it with, uh, the, with this one with the Kiedis and the. Uh, so we he's got so basically Jeremy's holding the grades hostage. Uh, what he wants in return for saving the grades is a quarter of a million dollars, yep. a a seven forty seven, and creamsicle baby, boom, and a creamsicle. And we haven't mentioned it, but Jeremy's a little fucking pudgy and probably shouldn't have any more creamsicles. Ouch. Um. Hitting the big bugs, hitting the fatsies. <laughs> <laughs> For all of you listening, if you want to know what big bug means, and you shouldn't, because it, once you go and you discover what it means, although I guess if you watch the episode, as you should, if you're listening to this, I guess you you probably put together what big bug means, and then <laughs> you, you, you must be going... What you know? They're they're as wrong as this episode because that's an insane thing to call anyone. So apologies <laughs> to the big bugs, the big kids, whatever you want to call them, the small giants. <laughs> small giants. Uh, I wanted to be uh, stated that I literally covered my face. <laughs> we're doing a podcast, and I was covering my face when you were talking. <laughs> So I just wanted to clear that up. It's jerk practice on iTunes and Google Play. Moving on. No, but he he wants he wants a cream sickle, which 
again, just kind of like the keyboard face. It's, oh, uh, it's so funny. He uh, wants all these big things and then a creamsicle. It's just grown men who lived through growing up in the Depression trying desperately to write sassy kids jokes. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, At least they didn't give him a goddamn slingshot or something. But it does they bring us... Digital... Yeah, he, they did. He can't use it. It's his fucking computer. He has a uh, digital yeah. slingshot. Digital it's slingshots. the same thing. Um, so then Dan, Daryl comes in. Dan's bum. Uh-huh. Um, Blackie and Kiedis. Yeah, and basically Harry has Dan take Jeremy out to the cafeteria. Uh-huh. Yeah. While they have a computer tech guy come in to try to figure Fix out it, how to yeah. undo this in we're, the system. Uh, and and we're moving as we should, but I do just want to say there is a good bit that, that deals with um, the toupee and bull and bull's oh, baldness. Oh, that's, yeah, that's next after. It's right after they leave. Oh, okay. Go for it. No, uh, you definitely go because I just have toupee bit written down. Okay, so... After this all happens, they're going to bring a guy in. They're going to try and fix this out. So they got rid of Jeremy because they need to try and wait, wait, why, he's got, yeah, wait, why? he's got the records hostage and now he's not in the room. And he said, it just takes one keystroke. Why don't they just to unplug the them, computer? Right? Why don't they just take yes, the phone right. line out of the computer? I, I don't know. I thought I, I don't know. Uh, I think that that I'll give them. I would say no, that if don't you give the, don't give them, I I would say with systems like that, if you unplug, crash the system, it doesn't just lose the connection. Like it could really mess something up. Just control C that shit. But my thing is, if if it's just one keystroke, why wouldn't you just start pressing keys? Right. To it because they don't explain. Does the keystroke delete it? He says he has them hostage, and they're like, "You can't." Because like, let's oh. get into it. If you were, if it was gonna delete everything, regardless, delete or undo it. If you press C, and that's the wrong key, in any computer, in any shape or form, since the dawn of computers, it would pop up. Are you sure you want yeah. to? Are you sure delete? you want to delete all of the school's records? Yes. No. You know, to confirm, okay, enter, so return, so on, so forth. So, really, he could have just gone through. What? You could no, I'm, I'm laughing. I'm laughing because of the the like Casey had mentioned hairs on hairs on hairs, and I'm just laughing <laughs> just because, like... as with you know, we're we're getting these people a hard time, but it all goes back to one certain point. Let's call it the the big. Weegy bang like of this episode of the Bob Stevens bang you know once it's set in motion it can't stop so this episode's crazy and then we put it on them and then it comes on us and now there's a it, listener just, going what yeah. the fuck is happening right you're now? gonna put it on someone else but and here's, that person's gonna jump off a bridge here's the <laughs> right. thing I think that in any TV show but this show especially because we've you know discussed it so much at length the majority of the time, they get the benefit of the doubt, oh, yeah. and it doesn't need scrutiny because it works. But if it doesn't work, and in my opinion, this episode didn't, 
Yeah, yeah. Every single thing comes apart. Because you can look at some of our favorite episodes and we can really delve into it, but you don't need to because it makes sense. Yeah, they they earn suspension of disbelief. That was not earned in this episode at all. The beautiful thing about the structure of this show and the setting of this show is that you are given so many outs. So many chances to save yourself. Sure. You have the gallows. You have that it's at night. You have criminals. You have hookers. You got hobos. You have every chance to have an out. And it's just like they blew past every option to save it. You have bolt. Like you have. There's all these safety nets. And they said, fuck it. No net. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. And now we have WizKid, the episode. And we're going in, we're about to go into a fucking really weird joke that kind of, I just wrote it down and underlined it was like, this is insanity. And we've talked about it before. And it's Bull talking to Picaro <laughs> about being bald. Please deliver it like Bull did too. Uh, okay, I'll do my best. So f- f- Picaro, the, the teacher, he's got his, is he on his cell phone? <laughs> Is he on a cell phone? <laughs> he has a tablet. He's on a Blackberry. He's on Harry's phone. It's attached to the desk. But isn't Harry's phone line attached to the computer? The computer? Yeah. Ah. Hairs. More hairs. <laughs> no. Splitting. We and are more about hairs to do a segment tooth. about no hair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're splitting so many hairs that we run out of them. We're being jerks. So... He's got this phone that's hooked to nothing, as we now know. And he just goes, the hair bazaar, it's open till nine. Bull gets down his face onto his level. He just goes, don't be a jerk. (laughs) This drives women crazy. And he slides his hand over his... Over his full head of shaved hair. (laughs) Full head of hair. He has a full head of hair. Yes, as we go back. He has a hair line. He has stubble. He's he got has a beautiful hair, hair. The actor still has a beautiful set of hair. Just a silver foxy quaff. And but it still has his 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 mind peaked, Picaro, because he's like questioning him. He goes, he goes, yeah. And Bull goes, <laughs> which also is the fucking weirdest response. <laughs> so ever. weird. He goes, yeah. So fucking weird. I never played basketball. Spicy. Because <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> I never played basketball because I didn't have time. To which Picaro now has an erection and he hangs out the phone. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> so, and then. Is that offensive? Like, Bull has a shaved head, and my first thought was like, Michael Jordan. Like, African American basketball players shave their head. No, I no, not, I think but. it's tall. I agree. And I, I think it's and the I'm tall always thing, looking like, for spice because so, you know someone someone goes to a tall person like, and it's the dumbest joke, but it still happens to this day. Like, oh, do you play basketball? It's Bull who has probably heard that a million times in his life because of his height. Yeah. Said I didn't play basketball because I was too I busy eating out chicks. <laughs> so, but then my thing was hair on hair on hair. Hair on like, hair. Like I literally was just like, well, that doesn't make sense because this guy would never play basketball because he's short he's and dumpy. Short. He's a short little Jewish guy. <laughs> but yeah. I was just like, say, he loves antique furniture. 
All I'm telling you is change the lighting, change the inflection, cut the laugh track. This is fucking an episode of Twin Peaks. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. That's worth an experiment. With a man with a full head of hair talking to a bald man about the benefits of being bald is just insane. And he's a giant and he's leaning in just going, you know what you need to do. It's just weird. It's just a very weird on all regards episode. Then a monster I, jumps out beh- from behind a dumpster at a diner. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then... Cut yeah, to the cafeteria. We go to the cafeteria. Yeah, let's go to the cafeteria. So Dan's now on the phone with someone named Cy. Yeah. Talking about his uh, avocado farm. Yep. We don't really know what's going on. Jeremy is sucking on a push pop and oh, sucking so to gross. town yeah, yeah like really i know it was for hot. comedic effect but i was like no child should ever do that on television in front of grown people yeah he's like, sucking that frozen message. hog log like he's <laughs> like he's blacky damn it he's earning it <laughs> yeah and uh I just uh, so in my Dan's like, he's doing that. Dan's on the phone. He's getting frustrated to which the kid now goes, because how much ice cream he has? He says, I'm thirsty. And Dan turns and apparently Dan's, we didn't even mention that Dan's afraid that this kid's going to hack his bank account, which is why he's being yeah. so nice yeah. to him. Because he threatened Dan like he could change it. He could tank his credit report with just the click of with a button. Like fucking magic and tarot cards. This is fucking nonsense. <laughs> yeah. So, but so Dan complies and hangs up the phone and he says, I couldn't help but over here, uh, you know, uh, the last six avocado or what does he say? Avocados have had six bumper crops in a row. He's like, yeah, I heard more nonsense to which he says, uh, I don't know if something happens here, but the kid offends him again in some way. And Dan, no, I, Dan, he says the, the bump, uh, the bumper. And then Dan in a condescending Dan way goes like, yes, I know. Like, I don't, you know, I don't need your help kind of thing. Yeah. And then Jeremy retorts with, well, I don't care if you lose your shirt. I don't care if you lose your shirt. Looks like a blend anyway. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's a dig. That's right to Dan's heart. So, yeah. So, Dan, understandably. Yeah. Which this has been earned because that is a perfect. Instead of saying keyboard face, that is the perfect way to get under Dan's skin. Sure. If you're a kid. Yep. Keyboard face. To which his response, yeah. Continue. Take it over. Well, his response is a is a Dan response, but of course, it's also a Dan response in the Computer Whiz Kid episode because it's uh you want to now we're gonna play a game. It's called Axe Axe. Who's got the axe? Yeah. All right. I literally looked at the screen and was just like, that made no sense. Made no sense. You don't it have an axe. You can't threaten me. You don't have an axe. <laughs> that just reminded me. I'm about to turn the page of my notes, and later on, very soon, <laughs> the weirdest j- joke doesn't make sense if it's a joke comes up and it left my me floored. If you think this episode's <laughs> left me floored, it's it deals with Dan and Blackie. Damn it! I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Oh yeah, no. I was like, <laughs> what's he talking about? And I'm like, oh right, yeah. Just another. Are we missing anything if we skip? So basically, I, I can so. I, I can go. Know. So Harry comes. Harry comes in. Dan ends up leaving. Uh, 
yeah, Dan leaves with Daryl D- Bum Daryl, <laughs> and Harry sits down. Love that word, Blackie Bum, bum Daryl, to yeah. talk. And and Harry Harry's getting real, oh, and God. he's basically you know trying to get you know to the to the depths of Harry yeah. to really figure out what's going on. Basically, Jeremy lets it slip. You know, the computer is basically my best friend when he talks about it. And so there is Harry's inroad. And he uses that. And he was like, oh, when I was little, you know, when I was growing up, my best friend was a dog. You got a dog? Yeah. You ever seen Lassie? And Jeremy's like, Jeremy was like, just the one I dissected in honors biology. Oh, that audience. That groan. Well, they're about to lose their shit because he names it Sparky. And I thought that they were going to blow out the... Audio audience microphones. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, so that's there. Then we go. There is a little bit of Harry Kaiser early on because he's like, "We need to talk," and the kid goes, "All right, you got until I suck down to the stick." Because he's licking on a push pop, and then <laughs> Harry no, right. Harry just, grabs that out of his hand, stick. and he says, "I could beat no. you back to that computer in a body bag." Ooh, Which again doesn't make that. sense. Again, but I think in between these conversations, we go into the hallway scene with Daryl and Dan. No, no, not yet. No. Let me take us there. Because otherwise, we're drowned. I finally we're... figured out the joke because I have it written down yeah, too. Yeah. Okay. So they, they come to this conclusion, and the kid. Uh, he starts to get upset because he realizes that Harry's on the right track. That he's like, he yeah, just so he just goes, "You don't have any friends, do you?" He goes, "Huh?" And he runs out, and he runs, and 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 uh, he makes a big scene to which everybody tur- he says, what? "Don't t- get your hands off me." Yeah. To which everybody turns and he says, uh, "Ha ha ha!" Like coming back to the child molestery thing. He goes, "We were uh, practicing a play." A play. Uh, How much time transpires after he says that till he gets in the hall? Twenty seconds, maybe. Maybe, max? yeah, maybe. So the scene we walk into just adds to the weirdness. So Harry tries to stop the kid. The kid goes, "Don't touch me! I don't know you. Don't touch me!" And Harry's like, oh, "He's in. A, he's auditioning for Oliver. Yeah, that's he's right. a shoe in for the lead." Harry pivots, walks into the hallway. The kid is lounging on the shoe shine stand, holding in court, the middle. Of a screed about finance. Potentially have- talking to Pineapple, but we don't see yes. the front side of him. <laughs> we have so, actually passed. You see that neck. We have we have surpassed a, a bit that they took us away from that for Dan and Daryl to talk. No, we have not. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Let's go to that Because I bit take now. notes chronologically. Oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. How did we miss I know. that? Let's go You're to right. that bit. Yeah. I was just like, just another madness. Why point out, again, hair splitted, hair splitted, hair splitted. But let's go to it's the Daryl Dan bit, because we'll come back to Jeremy, because it continues to go. And we're not going to it because it's necessarily... They, it was an awkward cut. It was not yeah. a commercial break. They literally <laughs> just cut to scene to scene. And I don't know for what purpose, really. No. Got you. All right, let's let's hit that bit, and then we do come back to uh, uh, Harry and the kid 
Harry the creep and the kid is my note. All right. It, if you can't imagine, it only gets weirder. Oh, yeah. yeah it's so weird. So we have Dan. We, we're cutting to that scene. We have Dan on the phone. And he's going, what do you mean my partner closed the deal? What partner? Right? We're in the hallway, the shoeshine hallway, yep, let's call yep, it. Yep, yep. And he turns around, sees our magical hobo Blackie, uh, Daryl, Wainwright. We'll find out. What do you mean my partner? And he hangs up the phone. He turns. The hobo smiles. And he goes, ah, you're Mr. Wainwright, aren't you? He goes, yeah. He goes, uh, I didn't want to bother you, so I closed the deal. I used to be a financial consultant. Or no, so I, so I closed the deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Get weird on this end, too. Oh, God. So he closes a deal, and he says, not only that, I got you your tax shelter, and I got you 20% on the back end. To which Dan is very impressed. He says, yeah, I used to be a financial consultant. He gets up. He's kind of brushing his shoulders off. And he goes, "Uh, by the way, I also rescheduled your surgery. To which Dan grabs his stomach, kind of. And then our hobo black, he says, trust me, walks out of his life forever. And and as does the scene walks out on us forever and never nary brings it back (laughs) nope nary again that is mad like out of all the madness i was just like final like i guess that's how these episodes kind of we've had something teetering like this but this Mm -hmm. is the one that just made me go what what i thought i honestly thought it may be like a guy's joke like like you're I, i didn't I didn't know, like... Uh, what's that called? Not lobotomy. Penis lobotomy? What is it called? Vasectomy. <laughs> Vasectomy. <laughs> Penis lobotomy. <laughs> you know nothing. This episode's giving me a fucking penis lobotomy. <laughs> well, Harry needs a penis again. lobotomy with the way he's talking to this kid in the next scene. Right. Because, so we're going to just yeah. get... Let's... let's we're going to fucking lightning round this <laughs> yeah, let's so we can it. get to the best joke ever made by a fucking human being. <laughs> so we go back. We're in judges chambers. Uh, Harry's like, I figured it before, out. Before they go into chambers, they have another bit after Dan and because he's run out to get a him. bit. No, not I mean, not a bit like another. They have it aside. He says, you're right. I don't. Is this the part? Basically, hold it. long story short. Like Harry's asking and Jeremy admits it's, you know, what I do is a semi-conscious, pathetic plea for attention. Uh-huh. Yeah. So then they're, they have a connection. Boom. We go back into chambers. Harry Harry's sa- like, Eureka. Yep. Mm-hmm. Harry says, I was lying too. I don't have your money. I don't have your jet. And I have never met a kid I haven't liked. And I was like, oh, Ooh. arrest that man. Put him down there with the right, women. Just- <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're back in judges chambers and harry is like and everyone's there he's like i know how to do this i know what's wrong with this kid he goes to his his gag his gag shelf and yeah. grabs a ball and throws the ball at jeremy's face hits him in the face and he doesn't catch it so harry's like look he exclaims i figured it out the kid can't catch kid can't catch and still no one knows what he's doing 
Mac even says, oh, yeah. good, sir. That's a real breakthrough. Good work, sir. After the ball hits him in the face. Kid doesn't know how to do that. Kid doesn't know how to play games. Because it turns uh, out the parents were too uptight, so it's their fault. Yeah. And they're like, right. what do you mean? We took him to the Wolfgang Goethe Festival, which is an 18th century German poet. So mm-hmm. more or less, Harry is determined that it's their lack of fun that has made their kid such a brat. Brat, coming from go- Old English, meaning beggar's child. <laughs> See, that's how insane this episode got. I just want, yeah. I'm going to research the etymology the of the word brat. brat. Uh, so Harry says he needs to go off the wall. Harry's examples of going off the wall. Pay a toll for someone behind you. Uh, Walk backwards through 42nd Street. Uh, and the closer for him going wild is, why don't you moon somebody? <laughs> yep. And then that, and everyone's like, oh, that's a great idea, Harry. To which and the parents are still mo- like, I don't understand what you mean. Go by going off the wall. Yep. To take it away. Wait, 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 wait. I don't know where I'm taking it because for the mooning part, it moon, has moon over my hand. <laughs> yeah. Billy just gives her the full moon. So Billy, who All we right. know, who hasn't done anything the whole episode, goes. You guys don't know what mooning is. No, it's not that. She's defending Harry. Oh, right. Because they're like, you're not giving our son good feedback or yep. advice, which they're fucking right about. Yeah. And she stands up and goes, wait a fucking minute. You don't know this guy. He knows what he's talking about. So how, Hans, did, take how, it. how did you feel about her performance? Oh, we're going to have to save my Billy info. For another for day, because we've run long. But, oh my god. Sw- she is the most annoying human on the planet. I, sw- I miss Lana. Yeah. And to yeah. prove that point, so she's defending Harry to these uptight parents, like, Harry knows what he's talking about. This kid needs to get a little wild, get a little crazy. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Yeah. So she runs to the window... <laughs> Drops trowel and moons New York City. And yes. what does she say? I don't have. I, look at look me, at me New, York. New York. Oh, for fuck's sake! Yes. <laughs> I just so thought all of this is yeah. happening. This is building. She's mooning the city. This kid can't catch a ball. All of this madness. We've been speaking for an hour and fifty-two minutes. And I will just say to piggyback on what Hans asked me, this is all performed like a five-year-old in a kindergarten play. Yeah, I felt like I and was Peter looking Pan. at my own acting performance in a mirror. It is so fucking overacted. It was I was gritting my teeth. And I'm not that I guess that's insulting to her, but I'm saying I don't do a better job of acting, but I also shouldn't be oh, on a network let show. Let me fucking tell you, Hans, you do. I've seen you act. So, it's not like that. So as if Mac could take a sledgehammer to the fourth wall and use his third eye <laughs> yeah, to have looked good. down upon what happened in this episode and what we're doing right now. He yeah. delivers the line. <laughs> is this what I fought the war for? Yeah. Is this what no, I fought it was for? Just, it's good. Is, is this what is I this fought what I for? Fought for? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. And I laughed. I can't tell you. I laughed we, so hard. We laughed so hard. It was a release. Because we were yeah, like, It was Jesus a good release. Christ. It did take this. You, you, you opened that steam valve a little bit. I agree. I had that exact joke written. It was it was the best of the episode. It reminded me of a little bit of a Liz. Like, yeah. where it's just that one line that's like, Voice of the God. one person who's like, this is nonsense. 
to and which then Selma has a an all right gag. Yeah, she's she said I did that in a Studebaker once. Almost lost control of the car. I feel like mooning go. was real big in the fifties out of cars. Did you guys ever oh, yeah, moon totally. anybody in a car? Like I feel like that was a thing. Yeah, no, definitely. Like she went to the car, and I went, "Oh yeah, I guess you did need also, a car for a moon." Right? I've also like, I've mooned. People have mooned me. It was a very high school thing. Oh yeah, I've yeah. mooned. I've mooned. I'll never forget it. Moon is imprinted on my childhood for life because outside of my grade school, and now these people would be arrested for this because they're yep. next to a school, a grade school, and they're doing this. And it was these kids owned a trampoline. And when I say kids, I mean these like kids in high school, but or maybe they were even 13 because I was in kindergarten yeah. and I was walking home and they owned a trampoline and they were jumping up on the trampoline and they would go down, jump on the trampoline, drop trow and say moon. And then they would jump, hit, pull their jogging pants up, jump on the trampoline again, but they would do a spin. So now they're facing you and then they drop the trow and show you their penis and they'd go sun and then they jump and spin and go moon. And I'll never forget. I'm I like that. I'll never forget it. Obviously yeah. it's the weird things. It's just these. It's like this episode. Yeah. It's, it's madness. It's as madness as I, as I should share that story. So, so they do that. And then Billy moons, New York, Selma does a Studebaker line. I'm just going to skip to all of a sudden there's a, a moon epidemic yes. in New York City. Yeah. They're looking oh out the window. Oh, my God. And they're like, look, the Howl of Justice? Is that a moon? Look, what's that? Is that a moon? Is that City Hall? Is that a moon? No, that's just Ed Koch combing his hair. Boom. Very timely 80s then- New York reference. Bull goes in, uh, there are 8 million stories in this city, and this is just one, you know, he starts to do this monologue. He, he goes, there's 8 million stories in the naked city. In the naked city. They all look and at him in disgust. looks at him like an asshole. Uh, and that's a, an actual reference to yes. a movie. To a TV show. One of show. the first films that filmed live live in New York City, like Traffic and People. It was called Naked City, and that's how it starts. So it starts with that model. In, in the Naked City, there are 8 million stories. This is one of them. The camera zooms in on a murder, and that's the entire movie. Oh, really? So it's yeah. a famous old crime right. movie. Well, and he says, like, after Bull says it, everybody looks at him like, oh, cheeky joke, and he's like, come on, someone was going to say it. Someone had to say it. No, they didn't, Bull. But then we missed Soma's. What? Studebaker? No. Did you um, fall asleep? Are you down in, in the wormhole with uh, <laughs> no. with that kid's computer Mayor, kid's bones? Mayor Koch. No, Hans did it already. Oh, okay. I did fall asleep. <laughs> I was like, what are you calling it back to? Do we have to start over? Oh, God. Is it the kid's joke? <laughs> she was talking about kids. Yeah, so then it... It uh, ends with an out, outside looking in yeah. shot of them all oh, yeah. smiling. Oh, but like if you look at their facial expressions, like honestly, Dan's face, like I love Dan, dinner. but Larroquette's face is like he's opening gifts on Christmas. Like he's <laughs> oh, like God. jutting across and like looking around and he says, oh, candy, candy. That's how yeah. Billy's is too. Like yeah. the magic of New York City the magic coming of together. Mo- mooning in New York City. Uh, mooning in New York City. 
All right, quick takes. We got six minutes left on the recorder. Nice. And gavel as they bangs. say, episodes don't finish unless you bang the gavel. And I'm ready to gavel bang this one. Uh, who's going first? I'll go first. Go. Three. Three. Good. I was, th- I was thinking two. I think that's fair. I went three, but I want to preface the three is the lowest I've ever gave one. And the reason I'm giving it a three is because I, if if you didn't know it already, I (laughs) fucking hated this episode to the point. This is my most, this is the, I dislike this episode the most out of all of them so far. Easily. It's terrible. I hated it so bad. I've been frustrated. I realize now that Uh, other episodes that I'm like, I hated that episode. Those were just frustrating episodes. Yeah. This was this was a pure, pure hatred. Just like disgust, it came from disdain. a very deep yeah. and true place. Yeah, it's this... like watching a stand-up comedian that you hate, but you have to watch. And it's like, not I don't like you. It I don't wasn't... like what you're saying. Yeah. Fucking just get it, it over. It wasn't with. just like, oh, this is so bizarre. Let's talk about it. I was so like, this took us out of the normalcy of this show. This was literally just written poorly. Like yeah. every plot point every joke was stupid nothing connected this just besmirches us hanging out i wish we just talked about preacher for two hours like that's how much i was like we have to stop talking about something i like i know yeah oh my god no i really thought to myself i i honestly honest to god the episode stopped and i was like dick because we we watch it like we watched it tonight like within an hour of speaking with you hans yeah and I honestly thought to myself, I was like, I'm really pissed off that we're not doing this with Henning because I'd really love to know what Henning thought of this. Oh, good. Having not Hans. seen every episode, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. coming into this, like. I don't think Henning would be friends with us anymore if we made him sit through that and then made him do this. I don't think I so. I just don't think he'd be like, I'm done with you guys. This is a bridge too far. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying. It would like the air in the room. It was like when it finished. It was. I like, was like, "Thank God." Did we just watch a smut film? Like I'm I was like, "I don't want to talk to Ashley. I don't want to see anybody." <laughs> like I feel bad. Yeah. So at the end of these episodes, right? Like uh, just for posterity, posterity, just for the sake. So I always record audi- audibly the episode, right? Yeah. When we're done, like so I can use little pieces of it for the pot or put a little cold on. So I just record the whole episode and I label it and it goes in the folders uh-huh. and this and that. So with this one, I st- I hooked it up to the recorder. I hit play and I physically turned the screen away from me and just let it record. <laughs> and I said, I think it's going to be done in about 20 minutes and I'll stop it. I couldn't. Wa- I watched it twice. I watched this episode twice. I couldn't have done that. Yeah. I don't care. But I'm going to tell you guys, I got some info. For next week, great on good old Billy. Hot dish, hot takes. Next we're gonna. Week. We're if you're gonna if you're some... all listening, let's all send Anthony Kiedis a message for all of you still listening out there. Let's all send Anthony Kiedis a message. John, just a heart emoji or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's all send Anthony. Just let him know we love him. Yeah, yeah. Like you're okay. Yeah. You know he's seen this episode, Anthony Kiedis. Has seen this episode so many times, high on coke and heroin, you know, in that weird like. Because I'm actually, I think Blackie Dammit's still alive, baby. But maybe he's yearning for the days when he was, you know, sucking back a Corona with his old man as he put singles in some guy's butt cheeks, you know, like, <laughs> like. But like he's alone, he's under a bridge with angels, like he's in the depths of his, you know, and he's like, ah. Oh. 
you know, watching the Night Court episode, like yearning back for his youth. He's seen this number of times. This is our in. Once one, when when Ooh. we're when oh, we're it. in that like uh, dressing room we're with at old, an exclusive Hollywood party with yeah. Anthony Kiedis. We'll we'll corner Kiedis and flee, banging on that bass. Boom! What's up, boys? Boom! 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 Oh, just nothing. Just in, season two, episode five. Kiss him on the cheek and go. That's amazing. I know your dad loves hybrid wolves more than you, <laughs> but the night is long and full of weirdos. <laughs> August 18th, 2017. My dearest night weirdos, words cannot express how I feel about seasons two, episodes five, the computer whiz kid, how simple, how maddening, how foolish I've been. With the likes of the prostitute procuring Blackie Dammit, the black hole suck, that was the telephone computer conundrum. That was Dan's lack of access. Yet Toop wearing Picaro's ease. And the creamsicle suckle of a young man whose ghost bones are now at the bottom of an upstate well with the master tapes of Mary Hartman. Mary Hartman. Please know that while this was utter insanity, there will be brightness and Billy explanation up ahead especially if you rate and review the pod also check out jerk practice on itunes and google play and know that if i die in battle the last words on my lips will utter if that were a banana i'd be dead bailiff hans was killed a week later watching an episode of night court in which Runs. Night court. I the, couldn't have. The I applaud you. quote you need to use is the last line, the guy we never mentioned because it's not worth it, the computer expert. Yep. Because Ashley leaned over to me and went, what the fuck did he, I hate this man. Yeah. After he finds out the simple solution to saving the computer files, that should be the cold tag because Ashley was like... I thought she was going to punch me. She was so like, this is fucking stupid. I was so pissed. Stupid. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? All right. That's the one he I'll use crying. then. Oh, sure. There. The school records are back. You punched the letter F? Tricky, huh? The letter F? <laughs> so simple. So elegant. <laughs> Excuse me. Let's go, Jerry.